Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code REDBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered today. Welcome to Journey with Judy, a weekly podcast filled with faith-infused inspiration, information, and an opportunity for implementation. Now, here is speaker, coach, author, and host, Judy Hare. Thank you for choosing to Journey with Judy right here on the Journey with Judy podcast. I am your host, Judy Hare, and our topic tonight is just do it. Just do it. Why is it so hard to just do it? The topic is just do it. Decide and do. It is up to you. And what's so crazy about that is it is easier said than done to do any particular thing, especially when it comes to chores around the house. Here's the deal, my friends. Have any of you ever done any power washing? Hands up, power washers. Okay, so I've never done that before the first time I did it with my man. And I was kind of looking around and deciding that everything was like kind of dingy and old looking and all like washed out. And I said, you know, babe, we really, we really need to do this. And so when I say we, Bob always says, is that you and the mouse in your pocket? Because we is usually a me because it's always Bob. Bob is always the guy who does everything when I say we ought to clean this place we ought to vacuum, we ought to go to the grocery store. My man knows I'm talking about him. So anyway, what he said is I don't feel like it. Like I just don't feel like doing it. And it's a lot more work than just power washing. There's like tools you have to gather, there's supplies, the weather conditions have to be right. Um, there, it makes a mess, the mess has to be cleaned up. And my thing was like, yeah, but, but I want, like I really want it. Like, so can you just do it? So, of course, my man did what I asked, and he, he showed me the difference in one piece of brick versus the other piece of brick, meaning the before and after the power wash. So, the before picture of the power wash and after. And it was literally like two, it was the old and the new, and it literally looked 
old and worn out and versus brand new. And so what I realized is we should have power washed a lot sooner than we did because it, it, it brought a different value. They say that when you power wash it, 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 it brings, it safeguards your investment, love that. It prevents damage, it protects the health of you and your family, and it increases the value. And so I thought to myself, well, that's just like love. That is just like love, and that is absolutely the benefits of love when we say, like, I just don't feel like it. Or I say, we ought to do this, which really I'm just talking about, like, you ought to do this, so it would be easier for me to love you. So this thing about love relating to power washing is love is like that, right? When we let our love change, when we let our love change, then it looks different. It feels different. And that is because it is different. And until we power wash it up and bring it back to its original form as it was in, is intended to be, um, I think we just get used to looking at it the way it is and thinking that's as good as it gets. So when we power wash our love, when we restore our love, allow God to restore the love that we have for all the people in our life, and not only our people, not only our relationships, like our, our love for our job, our love for our home, our love for our community, our love for our nation, it just seems like it's new. So here's the thing about love. We know we should and we don't. We say we would, but we make excuses, and we wish we could, but we decide it's not worth it, and I propose today that that is not true. And I got a confirmation from the Lord today, because today's reading was from Corinthians 13, love is. And when you read all the things that love is, and if you're being really honest with yourself, I would believe that most oftentimes you are not synonymous with all the things that the love is states in the book of Corinthians. However, here's the deal about love. It's a commandment. It is not a suggestion. It doesn't say, well, if you feel like it or if you want to, it says love, three words, love one another. Love one another as Jesus follows it up. Like if that's too hard for you to love one another, as I have loved you. That's what John 15, 12 says. Love one another as I have loved you. The second part is so crazy because many of us have such distorted images of the way God loves us. And so when we love people the way we think God loves us, for some of us, it, it's, it's conditional. For some of us, it has expectation. Uh, for some of us, it has stipulations, and for some of us, it has, it's, it's really expected. So first, let's define love. Love is, I love two definitions I chose. There's so many to choose from. Love is to desire the highest and best good for the sake of the beloved. Just, it's just to want to love someone and want what's best for them. This other, one of the saints said this, I can't remember which one, but one of the saints said, we desire the highest and best good for the sake of another, and we bear with their faults and failings. We are, not, we are inspired by the least of their virtues, and we are not shocked by the worst of their vices. Let me repeat that. You might want to take notes. We bear with faults and failings. We're inspired by the littlest virtue, and we're not even a little bit shocked 
when their vices come into play for us. So talk about a journey, my friends. Like that's just a journey and it ain't a destination, at least for me. So thank God, thank God, the church is a hospital of grace and his mercy is new every day so we can learn this and get better and better at it. So I would propose that this is not just a marriage teaching. This is a every relationship that we have, every encounter that we have, we are called to love the way the Lord has loved us. So I decided the WWW for this would be love whoever, love whatever, and love whenever. That's what we are called to do. So we're called to love as he did. That's like so crazy if we think about it. Because he, his love for us is without measure. It's without cost. It, it cost him everything and it cost us nothing. Like that kind of love. I don't know if you all love like that. I know I typically, my love doesn't look anything like that. And I know for those of you who have been married or a parent or just been in a relationship with someone who's difficult to love, loving them feels like your fault. You have to, you choose to, you decide to, because love is a decision, not a feeling, um, to fall in love with a different person all the time. To keep falling in love with somebody who isn't who you thought, who doesn't act how you had hoped, who doesn't show up the way you believed before you went into a relationship with them. And typically when we're in a relationship with someone, we just got some desires and we usually hand them to our person and they don't feel like desires. They feel like a big bucket of expectations. And so it's really hard to know how to love when we're not even sure to the degree that God has loved us. So I got this simple, simple way that we can love the way God has loved us. So they are called the four A's. The four A's are the way. So here's what Jesus says, do as I do, let me show you. And here's what he says. He says, first and foremost, if you're gonna be loving like me, you're gonna be looking like me, and you're gonna love me the way I love you, and that means I admire. The first A is admire. What does it mean to admire? It means to be pleased with somebody. It means somebody or something has our approval. And don't we want that? I mean, don't we want, it's similar to be seen and sought after, to know that someone is pleased. Scripture says the king is enthralled with your beauty. So if we're admiring, we're praising, we're complimenting, and we're venerating. I would think it would look more like criticism and judgment and condemnation to the person that we say we love. So if none of this applies, just jump off the call anytime. If it does apply, we'll get to the second A in just a moment. Also, I would say that if, if you, uh, I, I wrote here, tell me who loves and admires you, and then I'll learn a, a lot about who you are. So my man, um, I'm so big at admiring him and my kids are so great at it. Like my kids will say, mom, I'm really going to make a big deal of the fact that dad cleaned the garage, even though I really care zero amount about dad cleaning the garage. They know that by admiring, appreciating, approving, praising, and complimenting their dad, that he might do their laundry the next time they come home. You know, there's usually a catch with my kids. So God is pleasured when I do what he has gifted me to do. 
and same for you. So he delights when we admire others the same way he admires us. The second A is accept. Now they wrote a prayer called the serenity prayer. Some of you have heard of it. Ooh, I just love that prayer. So if we are accepting, we're acknowledging the truth and we're coming to terms with something, right? We're coming to terms with something. The synonym for that is endure. Right? If you're in a relationship, if you're married, you have children, or you've just even been in a relationship that's, that's called you to more, let's call it that, it's about enduring. It's about enduring what you didn't even think you ever could, would, or should, and accepting anyway. See, some of our prayers are to change our people. I remember when God brought our marriage to the ground to the ground, imploded it into nothing. And I remember the prayer was two words, change me. It was change me. For the first 15 years of marriage, it was change him, change him, change them. It was never, ever about changing me. And now it's like, make me a good mom, a good wife, a good speaker, a good, let what I do, God, be pleasing to you. So instead of wishing and wanting for them, our people, to say and do and be all that we want them to, God just says, just, just you do what I created you to do, equipped you to do, and qualified you to do, and everything will be so much better. Now, here's the thing. For those perfectionists in the crowd, um, accepting is not the same as making exceptions accepting something for what it is and seeing it from the eyes of truth doesn't mean we're making exceptions for what we want or we desire or we long for. It just means people cannot give what people don't have. And when people can't give what people don't have, it doesn't give us the right to not give what we can give. What's so cool about this thing about accepting is that usually we have a hard time accepting because we have some spaces that aren't being filled. And I would suggest that the empty spaces are God places. The empty spaces are God places. See, accepting is not resignation, but it is to say yes to the command to love. Remember the beginning definition. I will not be shocked by your vices. Rather, I will be inspired by even the littlest virtue because that is the way God accepts us. And when you accept, you make more room for the Savior. So number one was admire. Number two, accept. Number three in our COVID culture, my friends, is adapting. Aren't we just so much more agile? I, I talked to a client today and I said, hey, buddy, how are you? And he said, I think I broke my ankle from pivoting. Like he's literally just pivoting in so many directions as he is adapting to the COVID culture because adapting is adjusting to something. It's changing to suit different conditions. See, Jesus said, follow me. I typically say to Jesus, no, you follow me. And my guardian angel is like, listen, I cannot go this fast. So someone has got to just, we'll all just follow Jesus. And then maybe we'll all get to where we're trying to get. So adapting means we, we go 
to where somebody is rather than expect them to come to us. See, because this thing about love, regardless of the relationship, it's, a, it's not about giving in. It's about sacrificing. It's about being selfless. Scripture says there is zero greater love, no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. So adapting is about an attitude, right? And we know a right attitude typically approach, um, affords or uh, allows us to have a right action. The right attitude will more likely allow us spaces to act on that love versus a bad attitude. So that's number three. Number four, appreciate. Gosh, doesn't gratitude just change everything? See, gratitude and appreciation means what I have is enough. And I'm not counting on my man, and I'm not counting on my children. I feel like, um, you know, Vanna White, or maybe even a flight attendant at this point doing this. Yeah. So appreciating is recognizing that where we don't have enough, God, God is enough. Because to appreciate is to understand the significance of and to value highly. When I'm appreciating, I'm valuing highly. Now, I got to tell you, I'm really great at this. I'm really great at appreciating my man. I find the more I appreciate him, the more he does for me. I just find that the more gratitude I show, uh, the more my man is willing to do. And I also notice that about my children. So when I appreciate what they do do, rather than focus on the things they don't do, I notice I get more of what I want and less of what I didn't want. I love that. So I would rather be able to appreciate what I can't have than to have the things that I can't appreciate. I would rather appreciate the things that I can have, not can't, can have, rather than the things I can't even appreciate. So I would suggest, propose that gratitude is a deal changer. Gratitude is the thing that changes everything. So here's the thing about decisions, right? Decision, we know, those of you who know, work with me, you know that indecision is a prison. And when we make a decision, that's only the beginning of part, the beginning, the first part, because deciding is one thing, that's the decision. Managing the decision is when we actually take action. And when we decide to love, we are choosing an act, choosing an act of self-donation. One of the saints also said, add love to every equation and it will always add up. Now, those are my words, I paraphrase it. Maybe two of those words were the actual quote. You get the gist. Add love to whatever the equation is and it will always be better than if you don't. I can honestly tell you, no one in my life has ever said, stop, I just can't take the love. I cannot take the admiration, the acceptance, the adapting, and the appreciation. It's making me crazy. No one has ever said that to me. So if somebody says that to you, you're gonna wanna get a hold of me. So, love one another as I have loved you, and see if I, if I, I can't love you if I hate me. I cannot love you if I hate me. See, when we are making this commitment to love, 
We prepare long in advance. We decide long before that we are adapting, appreciating, accepting, and admiring. It's just a decision. And no matter what they say or do, it doesn't change the decision. We keep doing those four things. Because otherwise, we justify why we're not going to do them. And that, my friends, is a path in a place where we don't want to go. So we carry our cross, we bear our burdens, we refuse resentments, and we persevere in prayer. We carry our cross, we bear our burdens, we persevere in prayer, and we absolutely refuse resentments. And so just like in the beginning when I say we ought to do this and my man says, well, we is usually a me, so it is a me thing. And when we let this be a me thing, inevitably it becomes a we thing. And so my prayer is that whatever we do, we look like Jesus. Because the WWW, I would say, is well worth your while. It is well worth your while to whenever and whatever and whatever the third W was a few moments ago, all three of those things will always make our love look more like Jesus. So your challenge is the four A's for 40 days. The four A's for 40 days. And my friends, I know that's a Lenten thing, 40 days, but actually you can do other things and make sacrifices outside of those 40 days. Some of us Catholics don't seem to do that. We just save all the good stuff for the 40 days of Lent. I propose that these four A's can be for 40 days and you can report back how much your life has changed as a direct result of you loving like Jesus. Thank you for journeying with Judy on the show. Just do it. Decide and do. It is up to you. I invite you to reach out anytime for a complimentary call. Connect with me to learn. It's free. So connect with me. It is free to learn what I can do for you. Reach out on any of my social media platforms just to follow me. And please remember, my friends, until we meet again, it is never, ever too late to be who God has called you to be. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Journey with Judy. To learn more about Judy's coaching ministry, receive a complimentary session, and other services she offers, visit judyhair.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And remember, it's never too late to be who God called you to be. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www 
www.holo.app slash breadbox.